0: We got our first big storm of the season. Tornado warnings on Wednesday, a whole bunch of hail fell, and it's hot. We checked in with Environment Canada to get the lay of the land. Is it time to end fighting in hockey? There's a study that shows hockey enforcers die 10 years sooner. So we speak to an expert on that, and he explains why he thinks fighting has to go asian heritage month we celebrated filipino culture today with eric labopa from kickerfish who's one of our favorite guests and we talked about all-inclusive vacations because calm air is now offering all-inclusive packages to northern manitoba so we wanted to hear from you about your experience with all-inclusive i'm brett mcgarry alongside greg mackling and loren mcnab we are mackling mcgarry and mcnab this is the thursday may 11th podcast for the start It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. There was hail in many Winnipeg neighborhoods last night from Charleswood to Transcona, some flash flooding in parts of southern Manitoba and a tornado warning.
1: So Rose Carlson, meteorologist with Environment Canada, joins us now. Good morning, Rose. Let's talk about that hail first. Most of the pictures I saw were pebble sized. But what kind of reports did you get in there?
2: So we got quite a variety of reports of hail, actually, uh, f- across uh, many different uh, uh, municipalities in southern Manitoba. Uh, for the most part, you are correct. Uh, a lot of the reports that we got were just uh, quite a impressive swath of uh, pea to nickel-sized hail that uh, fell over a lot of areas. But we did get quite a few reports of uh, uh, larger hailstones on the order of quarter size to even all, all the way up to tunis
3: tornado warnings in western manitoba rose the rm of ellis archie including st lazar macaulay manson is that earlier than normal to see a warning and i if i'm not mistaken that's the first tornado warning in canada since last september
2: oh uh, correct yeah it is our first one of the season um it it is a little early um i i wouldn't say that it's uh no, it's not uh Unheard of to uh, to get uh, uh, weather like that uh, at this time of year up at this latitude um, uh, however, it is a little earlier than our typical uh, season that we normally expect to be issuing more uh, tornado warnings in a little closer to the June July region, but uh, it's not unheard of for it to uh, to happen uh, this early.
0: Also not unheard of i mean I, I I lament this time of year in my apartment because they always turn on the air conditioning too late and the last three mays we've had some some pretty hot weather, and now the fourth may yesterday, but this feels like early for the, yesterday was hot, and I'm looking at the long term forecast for the next few days hot 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 is this a above normal
2: uh the temperatures are above normal um it is not uh, we're not approaching records yet um uh, for the records for uh this week are all in the uh daily records i mean are all in the uh like 30 to 32 degrees celsius um so we're not quite uh record breaking but uh, it is uh, warmer than normal we're typically seeing uh highs around this time of year in kind of the upper teens to the low 20s, so it is warmer uh than normal um but uh, still not not quite uh not quite one for the record books yet
1: is it sticking around uh yeah we're
2: expecting uh um temperatures to kind of maintain about around the the mid to uh, upper 20s uh, for the next few days. Uh, And then uh, it's going to be quite warm next week as well.
3: That part of Western Manitoba, really quick, Rose, is that sort of our our tornado alley, so so to speak? It feels as though that's where we get a majority of tornado warnings. And then eventually if we get tornadoes touching down, it's that Western Manitoba, sort of that Highway 83 corridor, as I was calling it to Lorraine earlier this morning.
2: Uh, that is certainly a, uh, a hot spot for uh, for tornadoes in Manitoba. but it's, the conditions there are usually, uh, um, it just seems to line up pretty well out there. Um, I'm not sure if I would quite call it our tornado alley, but uh, it does seem to be an area that uh, we have seen quite a few um, um, uh, impressive tornadoes out there.
0: Rose Carlson, meteorologist with Environment Canada, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Rose, thank you very much for this. We appreciate it. Have a good one. And again, continue to let us know what you saw last night in that storm. Did you get hail, and uh, did you maybe sustain any damage? You shouldn't be seeing any long lines of the passport office this summer. For the most part, the backlogs of a year ago have been dealt with.
1: But if you are applying for a new passport, there are changes coming. In effort to expedite the process, the federal government will soon allow Canadians to go online to renew their passport. So that's if you already have one you're renewing, you can do that online. And the passport itself is getting a makeover. As Global National's Eric Sorensen explains, no surprise, critics are not giving the cosmetic revamp their stamp of approval.
4: New passports are coming this year that will be more secure and can be renewed online. That's the headline, but what's getting all the attention are the new pictures inside. Passports are redesigned every 10 years, in part to make them harder for counterfeiters. But the new ones will eliminate many iconic images from the past, from Nellie McClung and Terry Fox to the first spike and historic figures like Billy Bishop. Instead, the new passports will show more generic scenes of Canada's landscape and people and wildlife.
5: This new design will not only be more secure and reliable, but I believe it will also continue to inspire pride in the hearts of those who carry it
4: might not inspire everyone. Dropping Terry Fox brought this from the mayor of his hometown. The decision makers should give their head a shake, he posted. Our country needs more Terry Fox, not less. And expunging the Canadian Vimy War Memorial in France has upset the Canadian Legion.
5: This image represents sacrifice it represents the sacrifice that actually led to the very freedoms that allow us to travel with our passports around the world today.
4: Why is he deleting our veterans from our history? Of course, politicians could not resist. He's erasing them, and with that, he is insulting all of our veterans. Suddenly, it was all about veterans. They wrap themselves in the
0: flags and the symbols anytime they can, but in fact, they nickeled and dimed our
4: veterans. They use them for photo ops. And that exchanges over one picture in the passport. There are more than 20 that will disappear. The founding fathers, explorers, the Mounties. The images that are being extirpated only appeared in 2013. In the passport before that, it was just a series of maple leaves. The Minister of Citizenship on the defensive says the new designs are about security, not erasing Canadian history. There's no feedback we received that says people uh, found our our history offensive. And this was meant to reflect a different part of Canada's heritage, uh, in particular our natural environment and the diversity of our our people and, and wildlife. For those who travel, the images are often obscured by stamps anyway. And those who don't travel may never turn to the blue nose on page
6: 35.
4: A year ago, passport lineups upset Canadians because of staff shortages. The recent public service strike delayed passports again. And now the new design is distressing some Canadians. Lately, it seems, Canada's primary travel document is a passport to controversy. Eric Sorensen, Global News, Toronto. Oh, We're so lucky to have
3: these things to complain about and to discuss, aren't we? In this wonderful country that we live in, to imagine that one of the top stories today is the design of our passport. So I'm going to take some heart in that because I'm tired of being sad, upset and frustrated at 6.30 in the morning. So I've decided to approach this from a different point of view. And the whole idea that, uh, you know, everything gets politicized these days. And if I'm listening to Eric's report correctly, this happens every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't a whim of somebody's to just all of a sudden discard all these images of Canadiana images. I all I, that I loved by the way, in my current passport, I have a 10 year, so I will have them for, for several years yet. Uh, but just everyone, why does everything have to be a controversy?
1: I do. I uh, I will miss the people because I felt like you learned a bit more of I, history. Who's not sitting in an sure. airport, sort of just bored and flipping through Agreed. whatever's in front of you? Like I've read, I've read the backs of pillows in airports just because of boredom, right? And so, therefore, <laughs> the passport with the people and the images of Terry Fox or whatever. You know, you learn something along the way, and to replace that with scenes. But yeah, I'm not going to get upset about it. I am super happy that we can finally renew passports. Online And I appreciate there might've been, I don't know if it's security concerns that delayed this process and the ability for people to hack into a system, but it's driven me nuts for years to every five years or 10, depending on what passport you have to bring my birth certificate back down and these things, pictures, all this back down. Now you're in the system. And I'm like, but I I was in the system before, wasn't I? Like I existed somewhere. So that drove me nuts. I think that's going to save a lot of time for people. Sure.
0: It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. A prize has dropped in our lap that we want to give to you if you're looking for some plans for tomorrow night. Kingshead is hosting a fundraiser for Habitat for Humanity and... There's a concert involved. The Crash Test Dummies are playing tomorrow. So the doors open at 10. Showtime is 10.30. If you want to buy tickets, kingshead.ca, or you can win a pair of tickets with us. And we're talking about all-inclusive vacations because for our small-town salute, we're going to tell you how Calm Air is now offering some all-inclusive vacation packages for destinations in the north. But we want to know from you... Have you ever been on an all-inclusive vacation? Do you have a good story to share? Maybe a, an amusing story or a bad story? If you've never done an all-inclusive, would you? And what would you like that vacation to be? 204-780-6868. Let's start with Cameron Poitras. Hello there, Cam.
7: Uh, Yeah, never been to, on an all-inclusive before. I've been on a cruise, which was all-inclusive, and I was too young to drink at the time, so... Uh, but you know, it's something I've never really even considered ever going on an all-inclusive. Honestly, um, I, I understand that there's all kinds of things you can do, and but like the whole that whole thing, I, I, there will be a point in my life where I will go to an all-inclusive. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind whatsoever that that's eventually going to happen. Disney, uh, uh, if yeah, if they're going to open if they're going to open up uh, an all-inclusive Disney resort somewhere, I probably would go. But uh, yeah, I've just. Uh, like Mexico or whatever. I'm I'm not against doing any of that sort of thing, but it just never really entered my mind. Never even thought about it. Like I like to go to destinations and cities and, and like if I, I'm not really kind of guy that wants to just kind of park himself at a resort. I understand there's like things you can go and do from the resort and stuff like that, but it's just not really, I'm I'm not really at that stage of my life right now where that's something that I'm interested in.
1: I think it is for sure. I don't know if it's a stage of life thing because I, I've done a ton of travel as well. Like you and I like seeing stuff and exploring but when i we, when we got married we got married in an all inclusive which was my first time mm-hmm. at an all inclusive which just helped bring people together and it was cheaper for everybody to come honestly to cuba than try to fly back to manitoba and stay at hotels once you get to that swim up bar cam and they hand you your piña colada <laughs> and you're just laying there and then they hand you another And you don't think about the cost, even though you've paid for it in some way. And then they hand you another. And then you roll over and think, I should go for a walk. But you think I also don't have to. And then I should go cook something. Wait a minute. I don't have to. And you've got kids. And no one's stressing about who's cooking what. And no one's sweating over coming over to your house for that turkey dinner. And no one's worried about the mess beyond making sure things are tidy for the people that clean. You say to yourself, what is this place? It is magical. And you will like it, Cam. You will well, get there.
7: to me, right now, it just, it's just not very appealing. Like you're not selling it very well. Um, <laughs> what? Wait t- like, t- you're not, uh, honest oh. to
1: God, <laughs> wait until t- 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 if you here. have a family ever and you're stressed and there's it, the, the opposite feeling. It's just like, well, I'm going to go there, and we're no one's going to be. Who's cooking? What? Who's in charge of that dinner? Who's buying the bacon? Who's doing the hash browns? What about the turkey? How's this going? I, it's I just, just can't, so I can't sit nice. around like
7: that. I'm on vacation. You I got to go and do stuff. You no, you I say can't. That, but I you, can't.
1: You I just
3: booked a vacation for next winter based on McNabb's description there. (laughs) Jackie, we're going back to Mexico.
8: I'm hearing, like, Loren, you know, Greg, you all have families, kids... Cam just has a wife, so I I could I could understand. No, I get, why. It.
1: I get it. I was him. Are you
8: standing up for Cam? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, no, I'm seeing both sides
1: here. Well, I was him. I get it. There is something odd about it.
7: If all my family would go somewhere, because we've rented ho- ho- vacation homes and stuff like that in in the past, in like Palm Springs and in Puerto Rico, and, and there was like the cleaning and the cooking involved and stuff like that. So in a situation like that, where my whole family wanted to go somewhere, an all occlusive would make sense.
1: That's where that's where yeah. it makes sense yeah. to me. Not to mention, did I mention the swim up bar? I don't know if that came out. I'm yeah. not going you for that thing. Swim up to the bar, yeah, Cam.
7: Yeah, and that guy that's been sitting there I for don't six care. hours. Was I'm not going in the anywhere so oh, sure. close. Did we find consensus or guy. not?
3: I think we, I feel like we found consensus. <laughs> Let's move on. Sarah McCarthy.
1: <laughs> I have also never been to an all inclusive, but I would go to one, Cam, and uh, but I don't really. Like tropical places, I was just telling
8: Forte because it's too hot. Mm -hmm. I burn too bad. Mm -hmm. So if I would, my dream—I don't know if something like this exists. Someone can tell me, but somewhere on the Greek
0: islands, if there is a, oh, I've got one. I got one for you. I'll send it to you. Like Mykonos,
8: Santorini. Let
1: me know. that is my dream. Yeah.
0: You already know you've got oh, one. Said,
1: it's Estella Island. It's like the top 10 or oh. 20 resorts for pools. Okay. Is it Crete? Is that how you say it? Crete? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Crete, yeah. yeah. Island. Is that an island? Yeah, I'll get you island, there. Yeah. I don't think okay. you can afford it right now. No, I don't think all of us collectively <laughs> could pool together to help you get there, but maybe in oh, 20 years. For sure.
0: Yeah.
3: Ackling, what about you? Did All Inclusive in Mexico once hated it? Really? Mm. Yes. Because in, uh, in Puerto Vallarta, there are so many good restaurants. In Port of art it seemed like a waste so we just didn't even take advantage our, our first you know you get those uh, those uh, drinks for free your breakfast for tree and then for free and then you get to go to all these different little restaurants and then the sit down pick from the menu you get one night of that we sat down we looked at the menu. Looked at the wine list and we said, Yeah, we're out. Yeah, go. But so you
7: can we go went somewhere downtown. Yeah.
3: And uh so uh I kind of agree with you in yeah. in a certain respect, Cam. But I love the wristband idea of the, the drinks. Yes, I've already paid for these through the exorbitant cost of my hotel room, so I dig that. But all inclusive travel and motor coach travel, when I went to Croatia, when they bring your bags to your door of your hotel and you don't have to handle That is next level. I I could never afford to do that myself, but if you could afford to do it, that coach travel through Europe and stuff like that is a great way to go. You get all the tours, you get to the front of the line in a lot of places, and the opportunity to do things that you would never, ever be able to do otherwise. So that's next level, all inclusive, and I'm all for it.
8: What about you, Jeff? Never been all-inclusive, but you know what? I've never been on a cruise, and I would love to do an all-inclusive on a cruise because... The ship moves to different areas. So you can go traveling cam and you can also yeah. just be by the pool with the pina colada. Mm hmm. I like that. Aren't they like $13 <laughs> on also a cruise ship? I don't though? think cruise does the all inclusive.
1: Uh, I think if that's where it becomes not, stressful because it's all piecemeal.
8: Yeah, you get food,
7: but you, you have to, you have to well, at least the one I was on, you had to pay for booze. But like I went on the cruise and I, and I loved it when the ship wasn't rocking. I get horrible seasick. So that was a, that was a big negative.
8: Um, when the ships are rocking, don't come on nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And I think you – I'm sure there are – it looks like there are all-inclusive uh, items for a cruise ship, but that would be mega expensive, like thousands of dollars for that. It's oh, already so expensive just to get on the ship. Never oh, so mind. now we're talking about money. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we can all dream. That's what we're talking about here at 204-780-6868. So all-inclusive vacations. Uh, LeBron, you gave the pitch about it. If, if you could pick one where – to do again or to do something that you haven't tried?
1: I would go back to, I'd like to go back to Cuba just to explore Cuba more. And you can do, I think we're missed, like you you could do combo things where you do three days in Havana and you're not, it's not all inclusive. You're just exploring Havana, but you have a hotel room and then you do three days at the beach and that part's all inclusive. I would do something like that. I would do an inclusive that just brought my family together. Really to me, it's because it's the no stress family vacation and that's all it's about. And if you're there to try to say, Oh, I really saw Mexico. You didn't. But you didn't stress. You had no
0: stress. Mm -hmm. Question of the day at CJOB.com Is it time to end fighting in hockey? And the updated results on the website 55% say yes, get rid of it completely. 36% say no, keep it. And 9% say yes. Except for the NHL. So leave the fighting in the NHL, get rid of it everywhere else. So you can cast your vote at cjob.com.
3: We asked that question based on a new study out this week with a disturbing statistic, Brett. Hawking forces, fighters, die 10 years younger than their fellow players. That's the number from data gathered by the Columbia University Medical Center. They looked at players who participated in 50 or more career fights and then compared outcomes to similar players who had
1: not fought. So the number of fights and high penalty minutes were used to look at the exposure to head trauma. So for both the fighters and the heavily penalized, the mean age of death was 10 years lower, as you referenced, than those who stayed out of the box. And then there was another disturbing statistic that we're going to get into. So the mean age of death for fighters was 47 and a half years. For the control group, it was 57.7, and both of those just seem extraordinarily young. Particularly, we'd be talking about athletes who would, in theory, be in decent shape. So Dr. Dave Ellenberg is a specialist in sports medicine and concussion and professor at the Université de Montréal. Good morning, Dr. Ellenberg.
9: Yes, good morning.
1: I don't think I was surprised to hear this, but I was disturbed. Mm -hmm. What do you think we should do with this info? What was your reaction
9: well, first of all, it's really important that uh, it's an important study which I hope will uh, change the way things are done. Uh, it's supporting basically the this um, notion that there is evidence of chronic traumatic encephalopathy or what is called CTE that is uh, after uh, experiencing multiple or repeated head injury concussion. Uh, there's um, neuro, some type or some form of neurodegenerative disease, a bit like Alzheimer's, that uh, is present in athletes. But up until now, all we had was um, more or less what is called anecdotal evidence. That is, uh, some athletes... Would donate their brains to science and then post autopsy, or you know, uh, it, it would it was identified that they had this neurodegenerative disease. However, this study the study from Columbia is the first that looked at uh, a large number of athletes over six thousand from a long period spanning from spanning from uh, the late sixties until twenty twenty two, and indicates that there is a significantly higher. Uh, or, or um, earlier risk of mortality in athletes who sustain so many injuries. So, you, as you mentioned, over 50. However, what's as um, alarming is that their peers to whom they're compared also die very young, 57, uh, indicating that that you know there, there is uh, it's highly likely. That these impacts uh, to the head in these, uh, as you've mentioned, athletes who are otherwise healthy, who who should actually have, you know, uh, perhaps even a better longevity, uh, die much younger.
3: Doctor, this has obviously been a huge issue. A, a movie was made about it with regard to yeah. the National Football League entitled Concussion. And CTE has been at the forefront of these conversations for almost a decade now. And you mentioned the fact that there's no test uh, unless it's post-mortem after your passing. Have there been advances in terms of being able to diagnose CTE ahead of time while while individuals are still alive?
9: So with regards to an objective test several labs several laboratories are currently working on uh trying to find something but to my knowledge nothing is available yet. However, a bit like for Alzheimer's disease I think that we will have to turn to uh the appearance of clinical symptoms. Uh like like in these players and I and I've been involved in in some um in some work where we uh identify athletes who are still alive, uh, but who have um, the, you know, clinical uh, profile of CTE, that is these uh, massive changes in personality, uh, become more aggressive, uh, more impulsive, have a hard time regulating their emotions, problems with their memory, with their motor skills, and and to to help them and to support them as we see these changes in order to, you know, to make sure that they don't end up uh, like, um, uh, like statistics in this study. One thing to mention in this study is that not only did the athletes who were fighters die younger, but the cause of death also was quite different uh, in the two groups. Um, the fighters uh, most often died of suicide or um, uh, alcohol uh, or drug uh, overdose or accidents that we believe were related to some erratic uh, behaviours.
0: So if the symptoms are identified, if, if, that you can tell that uh, an athlete is experiencing uh, this and is likely related to the hockey fights, you said that you, know, you, you want to be able to help them. Well, how can you help them? What can you do?
9: Well, the first thing, you know, we need to eliminate, get rid of fights in hockey. I mean, we've been, you know, the scientific community has been saying that for over 15 years now. Uh, I think there is enough evidence like most things, you know, there there rarely is direct uh, evidence, but there is enough converging evidence from different scientific sources to tell us that we need to have a more conservative approach, that there is a light, highly likelihood that there is a relationship. And as for athletes who have experience, you know, uh, current athletes right now, um, I, we definitely need more research to find ways to... Um, you know, to prevent the onset of of this disease. And for those who have uh, the onset of this disease, I think they need to be followed by neurologists, neuropsychologists, professionals who will, uh, you know, find ways to to alleviate some of those symptoms.
1: Dr. Ellenberg, we have just 30 seconds, so my apologies for that. But, you know, some of our listeners, as you know, weigh in on the fact that there's, UFC is all about fighting. There's boxing. There's all sorts of things that would see concussions. Have similar studies been done in other sports? Because I'd have to imagine that the, the impact of the brain would be if, as bad, if not worse there.
9: Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, right now in my laboratory, we are working with uh, combat sport athletes, and we do find uh, that there is a higher risk of, of these types of neurodegenerative diseases, uh, I- I- indeed. And, and that's another thing. You know, I, I, I believe that we need to eliminate all head contact in boxing in, in those types of sports for at least for minors. Uh, for people who are under the age of 18, we should abolish uh close to the head in, uh, in, in boxing, and that's something that has been, uh, you know, uh, advocated by most, uh, most uh, pediatric associations around the world, actually.
0: Dr. Dave Ellenberg, thank you very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have Dr. a good day. Dr. Dave Ellenberg, specialist in sports medicine and concussions with the University of Montreal, and you can, again, weigh in at cjob.com. Is it time to end fighting in hockey? Small Town Salute, we've got something exciting to tell you about some new all-inclusive vacation ideas that are a bit closer to home than you'd usually think, because I, I don't know about you, but when I hear all-inclusive vacation, the first thing that jumps to mind for me is a sunny beach trip, probably because I didn't, the, the one all-inclusive I've done was Mazatlan in Mexico when I was 28. But have you ever thought about
3: doing something like this right here? In Manitoba, Calm Air is now offering all-inclusive vacation packages for destinations in northern Manitoba. Amanda Camara is Director of Marketing and Brand Management from Calm Air. Good morning,
5: Amanda. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. A
3: pleasure indeed. I know so many Manitobans who say their bucket list destination includes a visit to Churchill in particular, but... Uh, you know the cost has been prohibitive in in so many people's minds let's talk about if if that was part of the inspiration for this idea or not
5: um well actually the inspiration was really uh working with and promoting small operators uh up north and uh more so than just Churchill rehab uh, packages in Depa Plain Thompson and We really, if you've never been up north, it's the most beautiful thing you'll ever do, uh, in my opinion. Uh, And there's so much to do. And I think, you know, locals don't even know what there is to do. So I think the price, we kind of, we wanted to make this happen. Um, And these are little blitz trips. You know, it includes your meals, airfare, accommodations, experiences. And it's really just to promote the beauty of the north during the off season, too. Like northern light season uh, and winter tourism. So let's talk about some of the destinations
1: in the package because people would be familiar, I think, with Churchill and the idea that they could maybe see some whales or polar bears depending on the season. But what about the the trips to the Paw and Thompson? What's being offered
5: there? Yeah, for sure. So uh, really, we really wanted to focus on Indigenous education. There's so many fabulous Indigenous tourism opportunities. Um, so in Thompson, uh, we actually focused, they're actually the wolf capital of the world. Um, and so we focused on the storytelling and the Cree kind of storytelling behind uh, the importance of the wolf. And you get a, you know, we have beekeeping up in northern Manitoba and Thompson, so we do actually a, a honey tasting with some fried pickerel, and you go ice fishing, and you're at Paint Lake Lodge. And you go dog mushing. So, like, these trips are jam-packed with experiences, and they're all included. And in DePauw, uh, it's Indigenous education as well, so you're actually learning how to, you know, about the history of trapping and the history of, you know, where our Indigenous ancestors came from and uh, their land.
1: So what would the cost be? Give me an example, say, if I'm going to see some wolves uh, in Thompson. What would that cost, and day, how many days? Twelve
5: ninety five. So that's not including your taxes and fees, uh, but again, meals, accommodation, all your experiences. Uh, and it's usually a three-day, two-night trip.
0: And then for Churchill, like Greg mentioned, that that is a bucket list item for a lot of Manitobans, but the cost can be a bit high. So what are, what are you offering for that?
5: Yeah, so that one's actually sold out, uh, but this one actually was meant to be a blitz, just kind of teaser trip. Uh, but our trips were around the $2,000 range.
0: It's sold out already. When did the, the, how long you been offering these?
5: Oh, really? It's been out for about two weeks or so. And uh, we had uh, some students jump on it. It was really meant for local traffic, but yeah.
3: (laughs) So Manitoba really does have a lot to offer. And uh, Amanda, uh, talk about how we can explore some of these options and learn more. And the idea of, of maybe looking north instead of looking east, west or south for our vacation ideas.
5: Yeah, of course. You can visit the Calm Air website, uh, or you can call us directly, and we can direct you. We're working with Heartland uh, Travel Agency, uh, and they're helping us do the bookings. But uh, basically, on the homepage, you can look for our special all-inclusive packages. And uh, we also have Flynn Lawn, which is a phenomenal trip. Uh, that one's about physical activity or snowmobiling, cross-country skiing, uh, under the moonlight, viewing the aurora. And uh, yeah, it's Northern Manitoba is unparalleled. It's absolutely stunning.
0: Amanda Camara, Director of Marketing and Brand Management from Calm Air. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it.
5: Thanks
1: so much. Can I just ask you one more question before you go, Amanda? Yeah, of course. Um, you mentioned just the sellout. So are you just starting with a X number of weeks or X number of trips for now, and then you'll expand if there's the interest, like...
5: Uh, well, for Churchill, like, we, like, we're not an operator, so the reason why we, we undertook this is because we were approached by the community's Economic Development Fund uh, with support with Prairie Can. So this is more so us supporting our tour operators and really pulling together. You know, we're working with 30 different operators across northern Manitoba, and it's pulling all these small businesses together to kind of uh, come to life. So I don't know if we're going to be offering them again, but I know we have lots of great operators in Churchill, um, especially during northern light season, that offer fabulous packages.
0: Amanda Camara, thank you so much. We appreciate this.
5: Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.
0: And, yeah, imagine sitting under the, the Aurora Borealis while enjoying a six-course meal. So you can get more information. Or book your package at com or call 1-800-839-2256. That's neat about Thompson being the wolf capital yeah. of the world. I didn't know that.
1: And I think since the days of the flintabaddy flanaton commercial, what were those? Were they were they heritage minutes yeah. or what were those? those I've always wanted to go to Flin Flon.
3: To see the statue and yeah. to explore the whole idea. Well, well, the,
1: that was the active I tour. I wonder if I can get like a sled ride.
3: Maybe they need a submarine in that Creighton Lake or something to reenact that entire story, right? Uh, Do you, either of you guys, or have either of you guys seen somebody feed Phil on Netflix? Phil Rosenthal, the producer of Everybody Loves Raymond, he, he travels all over the world. I think it's six or seven seasons, and the debut uh, destination in his latest season is Finland, and you guys know how much I loved going to Helsinki, but there's so much more to Finland than Helsinki, and so much of their tourism and ba- is based around northern adventures, visiting Lapland, going out in the winter time to see the Aurora Borealis and, and we need to take even more, I think advice and, and take their lead and, And look at these northern climates that are like really capitalizing on the idea that there are only so many places in the world you can do these things, that you can walk in the snow, that you can camp outside when it's 30 below. Because there are people who want to do that. They might not want to do it for a week straight, but they might like to do it just once.
1: I'd like to do it to say I did for one night. Like I'd complain the entire time. It just would be excruciating to be lying next to me. Would you
3: do the sauna and then uh, jump in the cold water, once. the cold water
1: plunge At thermia, thing? I'd do I that no once. I no
0: in that. No. No. <laughs> I'd do it. But, hot tub uh, for McGarry. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> stay in the tub. This is just the, the dump, angry
1: thanks. tour. I'm angry in the Quincy and you're angry jumping in the water. You'd be happy. Greg would be happy, I think.
0: Forte, didn't you spend some time up in Flin Flon? Was it for a job? Oh, that's where I did my internship. Oh, cool. Radio. That's right. That's right. And what, and what did you think of it? It's a neat little
8: town. Um, it was quiet, I found. Uh, yeah, Was it pretty? I, yes. Oh, yeah, because I was right by one of the lakes. So it's like a five-minute walk, and you're at the lake. And, oh, wow.
3: Uh, hey, Jeff, yeah. is it true, uh, I've never seen these with my own two eyes, that the because they're on the Canadian shield there, that the, the sewer pipes actually are run above the ground, and they build boxes around them? I did not notice
8: that. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, it was, it was, I'm going to have
3: to do some. Okay, thought you might be able to verify
8: that. It was for quite. Me. It was quite hilly though. Like uh, driving was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how, how they do it in the winter because I'd be afraid of just slipping right down.
0: Oh, <laughs> good point. Well, you you have to take. You have to go up there with calm air for an all inclusive. Again, calmair.com.
1: And Greg's right. On the sewer boxes, the only city in the world to locate their sewage lines above ground. This is according to the City of Flin website, their tourism section. So, really? So I, I guess that would be kind of like a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's like a wood sidewalks built around them. This is my selfie them. in it's front like, of the poop like pipe. A yeah, There you go. <laughs>
0: It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. A bit later on this hour, just after 8.45, Mackling, big deadline for tonight. Try Hospital Dream Lottery. It's the
3: spring bonus deadline. We should be all be singing about that, like uh, Eddie Money. You could buy two tickets to paradise with the money. You can do whatever you want. There's travel. There's cars. There are homes. And there's cash. Tons of cash available. Try hospitaldream.com to uh, see all the grand prize options. Including uh, Lorraine, the the home in uh, the waterfront home in Kelowna sort of caught your attention, didn't it?
1: Yeah, so it's a two bedroom condo, but then you get two hundred and I think thirty thousand dollars cash with that RV. There was an RV, like a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars RV package, a couple cars, and I thought that Mm, you know I'm already talking. That's a life. That's a life. Like now we're retiring, you know. That's what you're talking about. Mm, Can I retire on that? No, but you know, I'm moving out there, and then for my side hustle, (laughs) whatever that will be.
3: You could do the show from there, but you'd be getting up at two o'clock in the oh, morning Oh, well, then I'd be talking about or, Manitoba
1: things living in BC. And would that not be like a politician running in a riding they don't live in? I don't know. I think, but it, would I be si- I I think it would be similar. I had lived in Manitoba. Does that count?
3: We'd have to let our listeners decide, You
1: know what? We? Why don't I win it first? I'll move and then we'll and decide. And then we'll decide the if it works.
0: Okay. okay, sounds good. Try hospitaldream.com to get your tickets, more details just after 8:45 and we want to do a bit of a lightning round here of on your feedback including all-inclusive vacations. We're asking you at 204 780 for a chance to go see the crash test dummies tomorrow night at the Kingshead pub in support of Habitat for Humanity. If you want to buy tickets by the way, kingshead.ca. Uh, tell us about your all-inclusive vacations or where would you like to do an all-inclusive vacation? And Candace sent us pictures of hers. And uh, this is fantastic, Loren.
1: Just got back from a luxury, all-inclusive Nile cruise. It was overwhelming and amazing. So, so, so hot. Touched the pyramids. Looked at paintings done thousands of years ago. Stayed in a boat cabin that was beyond my wildest expectations All future vacations will be judged by this one. And the first photo of this boat cabin is nicer than any hotel room I've ever stayed in. Mm -hmm. Like, table and chair. It's a suite, it looks like. And then the things she got to do were amazing. And she saved up, you know, many, 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 many years to go on this trip. And those are the kind of ones, I think we think all-inclusive, we talk the Mexicos and the Dominicans of the world, but there's boat cruises you can do, those coach cruises. Mm. You can do safaris that are all-inclusive. Again, you're paying a pretty penny, but we're talking dream world here. You know, what would your dream be?
0: A dream vacation that you work hard to put away for all those years.
1: And never have to cook on. Yes, up to a bar. I
0: would love that. Yeah, I saw that, that picture from Candace and I, I hearkened back to Liz Lemon in 30 Rock, just simply thinking, I want to go there. Yes. So thank you for the sharing, Candace. So keep those coming for a chance to win. We're going to pick a winner at 915. Also on the subject of election talk with Maxime Bernier looking at Portage Lisgar. Um, thoughts on that? From our texters.
3: So I generally agree that politicians should live where they run. I wonder if in some of these small rural ridings with low populations there may, may not be anyone who wants to run or has the skills to be a decent politician. Loren, I'll defer to you for a reaction on that if you'd like to, growing up in I, rural I, Manitoba. I, I don't buy that. No,
1: I think, and I think a, a lack of candidates is an issue no matter whether you're in a big city or small sure. because we see people who don't live in wards who, who run and win. Well, and people, I think,
3: overall are are hesitant to run in politics I think these that's days, I anyway. think
1: that's the challenge there. Kat says, I actually resent the heck out of people representing areas in which they've never lived. This is becoming like the politics of the UK in the 1700s. I would be furious if that happened to the area where I live. And Kat lives in James Bazan area, and so she espoused his virtues. But although, to be fair, I can think of other politicians who were born here that I would prefer never represent me <laughs> under any circumstances. So that's fair, too. I mean, I don't know. Do you just want the best... Smartest person? Or does their postal code matter? Matters to me?
3: doesn't have to matter to you, but it does matter to me. It does impact uh, my my
0: view of a candidate and whether or not I'm going to vote for them or not. 204-780-6868 204-780-6868 if you want to continue to weigh in. And a reminder that our question of the day at cjob.com is a time to end fighting in hockey. So you can cast your vote at cjob.com where 55% say yes, get rid of it. We've also put that up on Twitter at 680CJOB. What does Herb say about it? Why do these experts always target fighting in hockey and not apply the
3: same concern to UFC fights where getting kicked in the face with a foot is okay? Well, it's right there, Herb. It's right there in the name. UFC, the F stands for fighting. That is the game, the fighting game. That's what people are there to do. And I wouldn't suggest that there aren't a lot of people who are concerned about the well-being, long-term, short-term of boxers, wrestlers, uh, ultimate fighters. But we're talking about hockey, about this this sport, this professional sport, the only professional sport that allows two of its players, potentially or more, to square off like they are in a boxing ring, throw punches at one another, and remain in the game. People say it's legal. Well, it's not legal. It's a penalty. It's only a five-minute penalty, but it has become part of the game. It's part of the way coaches decide to try and change momentum. How many people like that? Lots of people like that. But we're talking about the evidence about the fact that, Fighters, though, and hockey players, professional hockey players who who do most of the fighting end up dying based on this new research 10 years earlier than their counterparts who don't spend as much time, if any at all, fighting. And that's got to be bothersome.
1: And we're learning a lot more about the health of the brain. And the doctor we talked to at seven o'clock said, yes, they are looking at other sports, They're not just picking on hockey. And then I had the question and I would love for listeners to weigh in in other sports. Ie football. When is contact allowed in this province? I know there's not fighting per se, but there's kind of jostling and wrestling, okay, and sometimes punches what, get through. Yeah, football is, the- but but it, there's contact, and there's yes. You know, so are we? Should we just maybe at the very least talk about age and contact and protect our young brains at least till a later age.
0: It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Reminder that at 9.35, one of the big things we're going to be talking about throughout the day on 680 CJOB, Asian Heritage Month. Mr. Greg, who are we talking to there?
3: Eric LaBalpa is a Filipino, Manitoban, Winnipegger, proud Manitoban, proud Winnipegger. But do you know the second most commonly spoken language in Manitoba? It's Tagalog. Did I say that right? I'm always hesitant when I say it. I want to say it's
1: Tagalog, but we'll we'll have to double check.
3: I think think you're more correct than I I am. No, I don't know. The point is, the Filipino community in our province is huge. Winnipeg has the third largest, based on pure numbers, third largest Filipino community in the country. And uh, as a percentage, it's as big or bigger than any other city in our country. So we'll talk about... Filipino culture and the, and the, you know how I have mentioned before, you know, pierogies, yes, they're a Ukrainian dish, but they're very much, I think we all agree, a part of Manitoba fair, uh, part of Manitoba culture, the culinary scene, you know, they're not exclusive to Ukrainian dinners. Well, we also in my house uh, like Filipino food and fair as part of our celebrations. Uh, whether it be at Christmas, birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever it might be. So uh, we'll have a discussion about that, about how cultures are are intermingling and
0: and the traditions in one become traditions in others. And in our next segment, some important details on the spring bonus deadline for the 2023 Tri Hospital Dream Lottery. You can get tickets, by the way, at trihospitaldream.com. One of the things we want to talk about is... The fact that Mother's Day, just around the corner, although there is one school in Quebec, Lorraine, that uh, has, has taken an interesting view.
1: Yeah, and we're working right now in our newsroom to determine whether this is a view that's been taken in some other schools in Winnipeg, because we know there is some chatter on social medias about schools sending memos home about the idea that, yes, this weekend's Mother's Day, but they're looking to maybe potentially find a way to treat it, some schools in this country, as Parents' Day. And so in Quebec... There was a decision uh, earlier this week, maybe the note went out last week, to announce to parents by email that because several students in their classes at the La Chantarelle School in Quebec City, because several students in their classes don't have a mother or father and others are in foster homes, they made a decision to call these celebrations and things that they were going to do it as Parents' Day, so more of an overall celebration of parents' And we are hearing that this is happening in other schools in this country, and I'd like to know what people think about it. I'm not sure if the idea is to replace Mother's Day with Parents' Day and then still go ahead and have a Father's Day, because that that doesn't make any sense. Or maybe it's just this idea that twice a year we'd call it Parents' Day or get rid of it altogether and just call it Parents' Day one time a year. But is there room for that in your mind to allow for the idea that that day and the cards that get made in classes and all the rest – could be hard for some kids.
3: I'm all about inclusion. I'm all about thinking about the exception to every rule. This one I'm having a hard time with this one. I don't know why. I'm having a, a difficult time with with this one. So I'm I'm tempering my comments cuz my I've just learned about this in the last handful of minutes. And so You know, as someone whose mother has passed away and and two of the three of us in this room, Mm -hmm. you know, there are difficult days every single year. My mom's birthday, Mother's Day, the anniversary of her passing, and and several others that are difficult when it comes to remembering my mom. But I'm a 50-plus-year-old man. Uh, I try to put things in context for kids and whatnot that might be dealing with different things. I understand the conversation. Maybe that's as far as I
0: can go at this point in time. Yeah, because this uh, story that you can read, the headline, by the way, at globalnews.ca, Mother's Day Controversy in Quebec After Teachers Celebrate Parents. And indeed, the story refers to that, that it could be just to, to focus on Mother's Day could be traumatizing for a child who's perhaps just lost their mother. Uh, but I'm in the same boat as you, Greg. My uh, my initial gut reaction was WTF. And uh, I'm going to take a, a few minutes to to think about this, but... I don't know. Uh because yeah, my that was my question. So what happens on Father's Day then? Are we just gonna get rid of both of the days and have a parents' day? Um I get that not everybody has a mother, I get not everybody has a father, but but to to I, I think the days are I think they're important days. We gotta celebrate our moms, we gotta celebrate our dads. Um, even in memory. And hopefully if you
3: don't have a, a, a living mother or a living father, or maybe you never had a mother or a father in your life at all, there are people in this world who, you know, never know their parents, mm-hmm. their birth parents or other circumstances. You must have a parental figure in your life, someone that could be celebrated you know, sort so of a de term, facto, like
1: so. Jan has texted to say that she believes there's some schools already in Winnipeg that call it Special Persons Day. So that would be to your point that most people might have a special person. Do we need to change the name of the day to do that?
3: I don't know. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think there's we have all sorts of qualifying conversations about different things that we understand that not everybody's in the same boat. But to then to eliminate a, you know a tradition, a time-honored tradition, boy, oh boy. <laughs> see, I, I, even as I'm saying it, I'm wondering about my feelings about it, but the idea of not celebrating mu- no I, that, that, that strikes me wrong. That strikes me wrong. To, to not do something in order to do something else. I, I just I don't understand this one or the other always conversation. Can we not find a perfect blend of, of both?
1: It could be in school this week if they're getting the crafts ready, which they do, right? And I love those crafts personally. And, and but I'm in, I'm unfortunate I to a be a mother. I, I love it. <laughs> I love the handprints. I love the macaroni glue. I love everything that comes home, the cards and all the rest. And teachers do such a great job of creating such thoughtful cards that come home. Like they clearly have given them text and words. You know, for example, you could say this about your mom, and they're very sweet. And in that conversation, maybe you could just be on the board. This is Mother's Day, but if you have a special person, like walk, walk it through because what that's What a also great opportunity to for learn, conversation to learn and, and talk to exchange. About, and about. Yes. it's because you've lost your mom or you, or you don't have one, it could be about how do you do deal with that grief? Let's talk us through that. So I don't know if it's getting rid of it. And, you know, like I'm going to be stuck at a hockey rink this Mother's Day anyway, but I do hope that's someone's bringing me bacon in bed at some Mother's point Day. in the next 72 hours. Like just a slice, Brett. They could just microwave a slice of bacon.
0: Come on, you gotta get more than that.
1: Well, I hope it's more. I'm just saying. Like it's not that it's not necessarily like it's this grand day anyway. And at the very least, couldn't they have had this conversation June seventeenth, the day before Father's Day?
0: No. Oh
1: <laughs> Couldn't we have kickstarted a Parents Day idea like in between the seasons? Oh, I see.
3: I see. <laughs> After Mother's Day yeah. had passed, yeah. and and you reaped all the rewards right. and benefits. That's so. exactly what
1: I'm yeah, saying. I got you. Bring it on, June sixteenth, seventeenth, whenever that
0: is. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the education minister there, by the way, in Quebec, uh, was asked if he would allow. Okay, so <laughs> it was asked if he would allow quote the woke to abolish Mother's Day, and uh, Bernard Drainville said he doesn't want to see Mother's Day and Father's Day disappear from Quebec schools, but understands that in some circumstances teachers have to adapt to the realities of their students.
3: But that goes, with, doesn't that go without saying? Hasn't that been going on forever and a day? I mean, we understand that just because we're in the same classroom doesn't mean we have all the same family situations that our lives are are, are different from one another. Have we not always been doing this?
1: It, you might be interested to know, but someone said, well, just have three days, a mother, a father and a parent's day. And one of our listeners says he grew up without a dad. He'd made a card for his uncle. The United States actually has a Parents' Day. Bill Clinton signed this in 1994. When is it? It is the fourth Sunday in July. So when would that be this year? Oh,
3: sure. It just lands on my kid's birthday. Of course it does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Father's Day is almost always in and around my birthday. And it becomes of what's more important to you, children? (laughs) <laughs> Father or my birthday? I'm just joking. They're too little for that. So I will get, say that so when they're older. So you get the
3: Mother's Day, birthday double whammy, May June.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. But the but the often often the celebration is like this. For example, this year my birthday is on Father's Day. Really? It's, yeah, and that you know it cycles through all the time like that.
0: It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have tickets up for grabs for the Crash Test Dummies they're performing tomorrow night at the Kingshead Pub. It's in support of Habitat for Humanity. They still have a few tickets left if you want to buy some at kingshead.ca, or maybe you can win one right now because we've been asking you about your all-inclusive vacation experiences or ones where you would maybe like to go on. Like, for example, I've talked about how I'd like to go on a like take a train trip through the mountains in Europe or something is, is, do you think that they'd have an all inclusive option for something like that?
1: I They do for sure. Like with, well, you can do a, tra- like a rail pass. It wouldn't include your hotel. I actually don't know. They do it for certain boats, like um, down the r- certain rivers in Europe. And they have coach ones. I don't know about the train because that would be cool. Train's the way to go. You see so much that's different through the train.
3: Was it the Orient express or whatever? Is yeah. that Still
1: run. Was but that would I don't think that included your hotel packages unless it's just to sleep on the train and you just yeah, get off at different just spots. Stay, stay on the train. Get back
8: on when like you're ready if, to
3: sleep. Like if I ever uh, have more than five dollars in my savings account, I would like to go to Europe and do one of those Viking cruises mm-hmm. from major city to major city. The idea of falling asleep in Paris and waking up in
0: Cologne, I think that's that's pretty awesome. Kind of a floating hotel idea. Yeah, so. those Viking cruises look amazing. the big The big ships are fantastic too. I've been on one cruise. It wasn't all inclusive, but it was amazing, and I had a blast. But the the smaller, more intimate uh, thing would probably be, be great. And you know what? That's our that's the winning entry, Loren from Candace.
1: And I think we just all found this text inspiring, aspirational goals here for uh, as we look to save a few bucks. Candace says, I just got back from a luxury, all inclusive Nile cruise. It was overwhelming and amazing. So, so, so hot. Touched the pyramids, looked at a painting done thousands of years ago, stayed in a boat cabin that was beyond my wildest expectations. All future vacations will be judged by this one. She also added, when I mentioned my Irish tour, about how I was on an Irish trip with some seniors when I was 25, Candace said, we were also the youngest, like the Irish tour. Not a 30-year difference, but the comfort levels were geared to the older crowd, and I reveled in the slower pace.
3: Well, I was the youngest person on our Cro- Croatia trip, but I was far from the most energetic. Yes. I, w- I was running to keep up oh, yeah. with most of our group yeah. because they have life figured out. Right. I'm just kind of, come on, Greg, you're lollygagging. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Always holding up the group. Right. Always, (laughs) always, always behind.
1: Well, I think it's also just the idea that when, when you go on vacation, when you're still working, you do have, you'd like to explore, but there's a certain element of, I want to relax. So do I want to be out till one in the morning and do I want to do this or that? And when, if you're retired, man. What do you got to do the next day? You know, like you're like, you're not, a, you're not going into the vacation. So, and so. I'm not suggesting they don't have anything to do, but you're, you don't have a schedule that you're keeping to, that you have to get up at 5 a.m. And so therefore maybe you're going into your vacation less, doesn't,
3: doesn't stop. less
1: exhausted than doesn't when I go my in. Doesn't stop dad
3: from getting up at five.
1: It's true. There is something at a certain <laughs> point in life where you just decide, I think you got to get up early and then nap by eight.
0: So Congratulations. To Candace, enjoy the pub tomorrow night. The crash test dummies in support of Habitat for Humanity. And if you want to go to the show, you can get tickets at kingshead.ca. Asian Heritage Month is an opportunity for us to learn more about the diverse culture and history of Asian communities in Canada, as well as to acknowledge the many achievements and contributions of people of Asian origin who, throughout our history, have done so much to make Canada... Country we know and love.
3: Yeah, so here in Manitoba, for more than a decade, speaking of 2012, since 20, at least 2013, the second most language spoken in Manitoba homes, after English, is Tagalog. Which and Winnipeg has the third largest Filipino population of any city in Canada. So Eric Lababa joins us now. He's a master angler, fishing guide. Loves to talk about the virtues of living and visiting Manitoba. You can see his Master Angler Awards on the Travel Manitoba website. And from time to time, you can read his articles in the Filipino Journal. And this morning, he joins us live on The Start. Eric, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing great. So where are you and where are you going?
6: I am about to head up onto Highway 6 to the lovely town of pa. There's Pa. There's a trade show uh, this weekend and I'm... a uh, Talking fishing, of course. I'm teaching seminars up there the next few days.
3: Outstanding. We've been talking a lot about exploring northern Manitoba this morning. And, and just, you know, from your perspective and, and your knowledge, people do come from all over the world to fish here, do they not?
6: Oh, definitely so. I've, uh, I've guided people from uh, Germany, China, all over the United States, Mexico. So they, they come from everywhere. We, when we say world-class, it isn't hyperbole. We actually do have world-class fishing here in Manitoba.
1: So, Eric, of course, May is Asian Heritage Month, and we're going to recognize and celebrate this multiple times throughout the month of May. And we're just curious, you know, we were talking this morning about how, for example, pierogies, of course, were brought to Canada as a food dish of people of Ukrainian descent, potentially uh, Polish descent, and now many people would say that's a Manitoba food. You know, we've embraced it as part of the Manitoba culture. Is there something that you would recognize as being Filipino in origin, but you really feel that a lot of Manitobans now included on their table or on their airwaves or what
6: have you. Uh, lumpia, yes. lumpia would be right up there. Lumpia and Pancit, or pansit as we would pronounce it. But I mean that's a that's a that's a connector right there. As soon as someone sees me, they find out I'm Filipino. They don't even like it's not even framed in a sentence. They just say lumpia and <laughs> we fist bump or whatever you know, and it's like. I go, what about it? Then he goes, well, can I have some? Oh, like I just have a whole supply of it in my truck. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you just carry it in your coat,
1: right, Eric? You just open up your coat and you've got like this side thing. For the uninitiated, what are those foods? What would they be? What, what What's in them?
6: Lumpia is like a little little spring roll is what it is, but this one's filled with pork or you can have it with beef or chicken nowadays, but then uh, some vegetables and it's a deep fried. These little rolls, uh, even if you don't know the name, I'm sure you've seen them. And they sell them in stores now too, frozen. Uh, if you go to your local Walmart or whatever, you'll see a section, frozen Filipino. Uh, that's me in the wintertime. But you'll see that section now, and they'll have lumpia in there.
1: I actually, I actually just said to Greg, I think it was a week ago, we were leaving the station, and it was morning, sort of that time where restaurants aren't always open. And I said, where do you think I could go right now? to get some lumpia, and, and I Googled it and was trying to figure out a way at 10.30 a.m. where I could get me this, so yeah, I will just call you next time and you can deliver it to me in your truck, right?
0: Yo, definitely. Yeah. I'll do it, Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some things, you know, we've talked a little bit about some, some Filipino aspects of culture that have sort of intertwined with Manitoba, but maybe what are some things that remain uniquely Filipino?
6: Well, we like, Filipinos have adopted... For example, like if, if I go back to your last point, the Manitoba social, for example, wedding socials, we we, we like we don't have that. It's uniquely Manitoban, but Filipinos have, have adopted that, and uh, you can get all the lumpia you want and fancy that those things nowadays at a Filipino social. We've thoroughly embraced that. Lumpia uh, uh, shoulder
3: oh. instead of salami shoulder.
6: Oh yeah, actually you take people take food home out of Filipino. So if you've ever been to one, uh, you'll know you're, you're 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 going there to eat, and then you're going to take food home for the next three days, but. Uh, uh, a uniquely Filipino one is a debut, A debut, which is actually not a Filipino, but it, it, it's a debutante's ball, debut it's a, it's a Filipino uh, girl's 18th birthday. Uh, so that's a big celebration. So our local hotel and restaurant industry uh, loves us for that because these are big. We're talking, you know, 500, 1,000 people invited to these things. So that's a unique Filipino thing that we brought to Manitoba.
0: So,
3: Eric, one of my favorites, and he may be my absolute favorite stand-up comedian right now is Joe Coy. And even though I'm oh, yeah. not Filipino, his humor and storytelling is second to none. Now, I don't want to assume that you even know who Joe Coy is, but I, I heard you acknowledge, oh, yeah, in the background. So we're, we're on common ground here, yes?
6: <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to meet Joe Coy, actually. Uh, he, uh, he had a show here last fall, it was, or last summer. And uh, he was eating at the True North Square. And uh, we sort of snuck up on him and... Hey, man! Can I get a picture? I was taking a picture before he could even say yes. His mouth was full of food, <laughs> and then he started complaining about it on stage. What's up with people? Well, just let me let me swallow my food first before you take a picture. You know me; I, I'll never pass up a selfie chat.
3: That's <laughs> so, outstanding. Yeah, so, how comfortable <laughs> are you with Joe Coy sharing all the secrets, all the Filipino secrets behind the scenes?
6: Oh man, we're a we're an open culture. We we embrace everybody. Uh, for example, you guys know I'm a... I uh I founded the Filipino Anglers Association of Manitoba there, and our 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 membership is from all walks of life. Half of it is uh half of it is Canadians, for example. So we are welcoming to everybody. You know, we there's no secrets here. Come on in.
1: It was uh, I think the first wave of immigration from the Philippines to Canada was in the 1950s, and now it's just a, such a huge part of Manitoba's culture and population. And I'm just curious, your story. I I, I believe you told us before, but was it your parents that came here, Eric?
6: Yeah, my parents. Uh, my mom lived in Holland first. A lot of uh, uh, the roots of the, the Filipino uh, community in, in in Manitoba are from uh, the seamstresses, uh, seamstresses garment industry in Holland. And then they, uh, Winnipeg was a was a growing manufacturing uh, hub. So they, a bunch of them came over here, and then they brought husbands and wives and whatnot and now here we are today where like you said tagalog is like the second most spoken language in homes and stuff like that so uh we have big roots my parents have been here we're going on 50 years Mm. now uh so they're they're more canadian than than anything Uh, but when we talk about heritage so why are we celebrating heritage asian heritage filipino heritage uh it's important to know where you came from Uh, people who are proud of where they came from who they are are proud people themselves and uh, proud people are productive members of society, of course. So we want that. We want to celebrate that. The more we celebrate our differences, the more we find out that we're the same. So, you know, like I, I like some of your, your proudest Filipinos here, like your proudest Canadians too, you know? It's mm-hmm. not one or the other kind of thing. So like people, you know, some people bristle at different things. Oh, you're celebrating this, celebrating that. Asian heritage, what's I got to do? We're, we're here in Canada. You know, we, we are a multicultural society. We do depend on immigration to keep our economy going. So mm-hmm. when people come here, you, you know, we celebrate who they are, and they celebrate Canada. They're way more accepting, and then we all, we're all proud Canadians going forward, you know?
8: Pride
1: begets pride. Like, if you, you know, the, the more you feel it, the passion for one thing, you probably feel it for all things, as you said.
6: 100%. If I could share just a short story, I mean, my daughters are 16 and 15 now, and I have a little 5-year-old, but when they were in elementary school, their school was running, uh, you know, like like the you know, nations of the world kind of thing, and then everyone has a flag, and you share your food and share your clothes and stuff like that. So my daughter, my my, my middle daughter, hers was Filipino. And I go, like, oh, how did they come to that? And, well, I, I, told, I told them I'm Filipino kind of thing. Okay, well, that's cool or whatever. So her, her locker had a Filipino flag on it. I was very curious because it can get a little tricky, you know, like, I mean, like you're sort of pigeonholing people. And I go, okay, so... What did they ask and it goes I have to share what my uh, what what would we eat at home and she said pizza and we <laughs> eat a lot of pizza at home and we eat a lot of KFC so she said pizza and KFC and, and the teacher said well well that's not filipino enough and I go oh man, so now we're we're really failing here where you're saying you you're you're, you're yep. telling people what they're supposed to be you know what mm-hmm. i mean and then mm-hmm. so i went to the school i went to the school that's me the involved dad I'm always uh, wedging myself in there and then i, I there's some flags i wasn't familiar with and i was learning myself and then one child over there had a canadian flag in their locker and i'm Oh, and, and, and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just Canada, the kid says. Oh, my God, we're failing again. The kid is saying we're just Canada, nothing special. Like, oh, my God, I have to go te- talk to the principal, and to the teachers, where you're completely, you're missing the mark on this project here. So, I mean, there was some good feedback there with them, and I got some feedback. But, I mean, you know, sometimes we're missing the mark with all these celebrations and stuff. It's all about just celebrating whatever you, you identify as what your heritage is, where you came from kind of thing, you know? Like, it's, it's not so much just being very specific. If, if you get what I'm saying,
1: Greg's applauding in the newsroom right now, Eric. So I think I think we get it very much. Well said.
6: Awesome, awesome. Thank you. I I taught, I taught cultural diversity for uh, a good number of years uh, for Corrections Manitoba, and it's not like I, I had a sort of different way of doing it. But I was—you don't have to walk on eggshells around people around. Like you know, like it's too much nowadays. Like there's a lot of that stuff. I don't want to get into it all, but I mean, you don't have to walk on eggshells. Uh, like uh, you learn about people. You can always ask. People, Like there's always. It could be semantics, you go, you go, what's your, I get the question a lot, what's your nationality? And I'll be, I know what they're asking, but like, well, I'm Canadian. No, 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 you know what I mean, like, what, uh, where are you from? Dude, I was born in Miss Hospital, what do you want from me, Canada? <laughs> no, what, where, where are your parents from then? Ah, oh, my parents are from the Philly, I think what you're, you're asking is, you know, what's your ethnicity? My ethnicity is, is Filipino, and... Like, you talk heritage, it's not even a pure definition, like heritage, culture, sure. uh, nationality, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's such, it's evolving. It's always evolving. What my grandparents passed down to my parents, my parents are passing to me, and what we're passing down to our kids now are completely different kind of things or whatever. We don't speak Tagalog like, in our house. I mean, except for the bad words, if, they, if they're in trouble or whatever, those tend to come out, but <laughs> we don't speak it there. I mean, it's always evolving, you know what I mean? It's not that we're ashamed of our, of, of our past or whatnot. It's just, it's just how it is. It's always evolving, you know? So... It, and there's nothing wrong. The, the kids know that they're Filipino-Canadian, they know that where that's from because so many things get passed down, even from food and stuff like that. We have family in the Philippines still. But it's always evolving, so never, and no one has to feel very pigeonholed or whatever. You know, whether you've been in Canada for one day or you were born here, you don't have to be identified as anything. You know what I mean? It's all a mix of stuff. I don't know. That's, uh, that's my rant of the day there. And happy Mother's Day and happy uh, Mother's Day to all the mother figures out there too.
0: <laughs> Eric Labopa, joining us live on 680 CJOB for Asian Heritage Month. Eric, where do we find you on social media?
6: Ah, oh, just type in Eric Labopa or type in Kickerfish. I like talking about fishing more than I do about culture. So type in Kickerfish and you'll find me on all, of the, all the channels.
0: Owner, editor of Kickerfish, and you, we will surely have you back on at some point this summer to discuss fishing. Uh, Eric, always a pleasure. This has been wonderful. Thank you for the
6: time. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Play hard,
1: fish harder. Kickerfish.
3: I like that. I wonder if Olympia is a good uh, good, uh, fish food. The
1: good bait. Why would you want to give it to the fish? Get more fish. Get bigger fish.